did I just see a ghost? Ah, ah, ah. You know the blue people with the tails? Hey, good game, shooter. We transition from eh to ooh. Unreasonable Doubt, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball, starts now. Hello. From the studio in Nitro, West Virginia, this is Unreasonable Down. It's a podcast about West Virginia University basketball, part of the Basketball Podcast Network. I'm Josh Witt, and this is off-season episode eight, being recorded on Friday the 13th. Ooh. Makes me think of curses. Are curses a thing? I feel like sports curses... They're a thing until they're not a thing, right? Like, most curses end. Boston Red Sox were, quote-unquote, cursed. And then they weren't cursed. You know? And Chicago Cubs were cursed. And then they weren't cursed. And so on and so forth. Anyways, Friday the 13th, WVU has 13 available scholarships to give out to basketball players. Today, there's 14 guys, in theory, that are laying claim to a scholarship. Trey Mitchell is coming to WVU. He signed... I don't know if he signed something. He's 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 planning on coming to WVU. Pictures of him in a WVU uniform. Who is Trey Mitchell? Good question. Trey Mitchell started his college career at UMass from the Pittsburgh area, so not that far away from Morgantown. And so, anyways, he went to to UMass and listen. He was really good at the University of Massachusetts in the Atlantic 10 Conference. And he came out hot. (laughs) He came out of the gates hot on bad UMass teams. And that's the first curse I'm thinking about. Remember, in my lifetime, Massachusetts was a really good basketball team. It It was a minute. But it was they were really good. And I think they are cursed. <laughs> and I'm not putting that on Trey Mitchell. I'm just saying when you think of UMass and you were born in this century, you would say UMass is terrible at basketball. And you'd be right. And where did things go wrong? When did the curse begin? There's one obvious thing to point to. I would point to John Chaney, longtime coach at Temple. Uh, He passed away. He was a big 2-3 zone guy, really good at coaching basketball. And in 1994, WVU was in the same conference as John Chaney's Temple team, and it was in the same conference at, as the University of Massachusetts. Now, 
Picture a time where WVU basketball was in the Atlantic 10, which was, which had two top 10 teams in 1994 in John Cheney's Temple and John Calipari's UMass team. WVU in 1994, not in the top 25. Also, on the football side, WVU is like in their third or fourth season in the Big East Conference. Can you imagine covering a basketball team that has a different conference affiliation in basketball than they would in football. I mean, 1994, WVU football had just went undefeated in the regular season, got smoked by Florida in the Sugar Bowl. But like the, like at a very high point for WVU, and in basketball, a middling team in the, in the Atlantic 10 before jumping to the Big East. But anyway, just so many things to keep track of. Like, who's your rival? Can you can you be rivals with St. Bonaventure and the Miami Hurricanes? At in 1994, that was feasible. Anyways, John Cheney has cur- John Cheney cursed UMass. How did he do that? Well, after <laughs> after Temple lost the UMass and John Calipari was doing his post-game press conference. John Cheney interrupted said press conference and did a few things. First thing he did was he <laughs> he threatened to, as he approached John Calipari after he he was talking really loud. Uh, Calipari took offense. John Cheney approached Calipari, had a bunch of guys in between him and Calipari. Pari Perry. And so after approaching him, the first thing he did was he threatened to, John Cheney threatened to murder, (laughs) he threatened to kill John Calipari. Right? So that's cursed material, right? So he led with, I'm going to kill you. Then he got pushed back by a bunch of guys. And... The second thing he threatened to do, so you start with, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to murder you. The second thing he threatened John Cheney to John Calipari is, when I see you, I'm going to kick your butt. And I'm saying butt for this family-friendly podcast. And first, I'm going to murder you. When I see you, I'm going to kick your butt. What was crazy about that is I believe John Cheney, and I wasn't there. I can only watch the video. John Cheney can see John Calipari. And so heat of the moment, he's very angry. John Cheney, extremely angry. (laughs) You're not thinking, you know, as far as the words that are coming out of your mouth. So I don't know if he's saying, after I kill you, I'm going to kick your butt. He's also saying the next time he's, he's, he sees John Calipari and while he's looking at him. <laughs> the next time I see you, and he obviously wasn't going to be able to kick his butt that night because there was 
there was 20 guys in between him and the guy whose buddy wanted the kick. So maybe that's what he meant. But anyway, so that happens in 1994. By the way, back to WVU. This was a time in WVU's basketball history where the main guys for the team, and I remember these guys vaguely, was a guy named P.G. Green. And P.G. Green was tall and good at basketball. He was 6'9", and he was listed at 195 pounds. So very tall, and to give you a comparison point, Trey Mitchell, who's going to play for WVU, he's also 6'9", 240 pounds, and he doesn't look like a big dude. And he's very athletic. And P.G. Green was very athletic, but he was 45 pounds less than Trey Mitchell. <laughs> that team also, the WVU team, had Marcellus Bailey. Excuse me. Marcellus Basie. Right? And Marcellus Basie, I remember him. I don't remember that he was five feet, eight inches tall. But that guy was really good at basketball because he averaged 16 points a game in 1994 in the Atlantic 10 Conference at 5'8". It's impressive. And every once in a while, you see five-foot-something guys in college get buckets. And Marcellus Basie was one of those guys. Anyways, I digress. Curses. John Chaney, that night, cursed UMass. What happens? Two seasons later, Calipari takes a Marcus Camby-led team to the Final Four. Wins are vacated and whatnot. Just Google John Calipari. And then he, he moves on to the NBA from UMass. Enter Bruiser Flint. He gets to the NCAA tournament a couple of times with, with Calipari's guys. And cut to 2022. And UMass has been the one NCAA tournament in the last 24 years. One time they've made it to the NCAA tournament. Still in the Atlantic 10. Still just hanging out in the Atlantic 10, which is fine for the University of Massachusetts. That's, that's great for the Minutemen. It's not great that in 24 years, they, <laughs> they've made the NCAA tournament once. They have not won a game in the NCAA tournament. Who's to blame? The easy answer is John Calipari. The true answer is John Chaney. He cursed that university that night because it didn't stick to Calipari because Calipari got his national championship at the University of Kentucky. So, and good news, UMass fans who were not listening to this podcast, Frank Martin is now your head coach, and he is a guy capable through the power of the mind and being good at coaching and being good at staring holes through people to – break the curse of UMass. I mean, Frank Martin, say what you want. He didn't, he's not coaching at South Carolina anymore. He did take South Carolina to the final four. So UMass fans, 
you should feel good about that curse breaking. Speaking of curses, hey, Milwaukee Bucks, what are you doing? Milwaukee Bucks, Javon Carter is on that roster. Talked about Javon Carter being with Milwaukee on this podcast in the in the offseason. And Javon Carter may have some curse power. And I talked about that. Like Brooklyn felt the curse of Javon Carter. They, the Brooklyn Nets, waved Javon Carter, cut to playoff time. They get swept out by the Boston Celtics. Guess who wasn't cursed? Milwaukee Bucks. Why? They had Javon Carter. Why? Because Javon Carter was getting playoff minutes. He was in the playoff rotation. All right? So Milwaukee is in a series right now with the said Boston Celtics. And for the first two games, Javon Carter was in the rotation as he's been. And Milwaukee got a split like they won a road game in Boston with Javon Carter in the rotation. But then George Hill decided he was healthy enough to play basketball again. And the coaching staff decided, you know what? Javon Carter, have a seat. George Hill, take Javon Carter's minutes. What's happened? I won't get into wins and losses, but I was talking about on the podcast, Javon Carter's great plus minus stat, how a team does when he's on the floor. In 10 playoff games, Javon Carter's plus minus for the playoffs is plus 69. Milwaukee has scored 69 points more than the other team with Javon Carter on the court. Enter George Hill. He's been in the rotation for four games. His plus minus, minus 23. And I'm not the best at math, but just picture in your mind a positive 69 and Compare that to a negative 23 and think which is the, like there's a big difference between those numbers, okay? And Milwaukee is going to go to a game seven with Boston. Do I like their chances if Javon Carter's back in the rotation? And to expand on the possible Javon Carter curse of like you wrong Javon Carter, you get dealt with. Phoenix. Struggling with Dallas. Phoenix, who went to the NBA Finals with Javon Carter on the roster, they trade Javon Carter to Brooklyn, and now they're in a game seven with Dallas. They could get bounced. I don't like their chances. Memphis was the first team to wrong Javon Carter. They're down three games of two to Golden State. They they were the first to trade Carter. The only team in the NBA that can avoid a possible Javon Carter karma curse is Milwaukee. They have all the power in the world to go back-to-back NBA champions. But they're not going to do it unless Javon Carter is back in the mix. So a possible karma curse. So Milwaukee change it. All right?
Random thoughts coming up. The NBA playoff action is nonstop at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. For example, Milwaukee Bucks is a team in the playoffs. Javon Carter's on that team. Put two and two together. Just throwing some ideas out there. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the NBA playoffs with DraftKings Same Game Parlays? You can do just that. Create your own parlay, combine multiple bets, like which team will win, total threes made, and boom, you have a shot at an even bigger payout. Right now, all customers can place the same game parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg doesn't hit. So here's what you got to do. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code TBPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Random thoughts for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. They aren't random at all. Curses. Javon Carter, karma curse. John Cheney. Curse of UMass. We got here because of Trey Mitchell <laughs> deciding he was going to come to Morgantown. By the way, another curse. Lakers, you're on curse alert. I haven't watched any of the HBO show Winning Time, but what I've read and heard is that they're doing the logo. They're doing Jerry West dirty. I believe Jerry West is somehow trying to, like, stop the show. <laughs> like, stop airing the show because of how how you're portraying me. I don't think he's going to get far on that. But will the Lakers, without any fault of their own, I mean, I don't know what the, the sign-offs the Lakers had to do for this show to take place, but... uh if they have any involvement in it and they're doing Jerry West dirty, you, you Los Angeles Lakers storied NBA franchise, you may have played yourself. You may be cursed. Anyway, Trey Mitchell. <laughs> so Trey Mitchell leaves a cursed UMass, okay? And then he goes to play last season for Chris Beard at Texas. All right? And things started out great. He started 17 of 24 games. Obviously, his stats declined from what he was doing at UMass to what he did at Texas, right? Definitely a step up in competition. But he was he was starting. He had some rough games. He also had some really good games. His next to the last game on the team, he scored 17 in a win against Kansas. So that's solid, but then a game after that Kansas game, he uh, it's announced that Trey Mitchell is out for personal reasons and doesn't make another appearance for Texas on the basketball court for the rest of the season. What happened? It's personal, and I can I don't need to know. It's personal reasons. 
just informing you that's what happened with Trey Mitchell last season. So he comes to Morgantown. And as far as, like, there's a question on if he's going to be able to play next season. Because he used his free transfer. Everybody's got a free transfer now. I think those are the rules. And he used, Trey Mitchell uses free transfer from cursed UMass to Texas. So one season later, hey, I'm going to WVU. For him to play basketball with WVU and games that count, he's going to need an NCAA waiver. And I guess they still do that stuff. I don't know how he's going to obtain that. It's possible. I mean, the last time I think I've talked about a waiver, Gabe, Gabe Osaboyan, he got a waiver to come directly from Arkansas to WVU before the everybody gets a free transfer year. So he has two seasons of eligibility remaining, a senior year and a COVID year. So back to Friday the 13th, WVU can have 13 guys on scholarship. Trey Mitchell makes 14. So I'm not saying this next part, I'm not saying this is a curse. I'm just telling you, it, it ha- I've already talked about it on this podcast. It had bad vibes. I didn't like it. The loyalty social media post. Now, when I've talked about it on this podcast, my questions were like, you know, can you be loyal if you've been there one season? That was my main question. But now, you know, loyalty works both ways. And again, Bob Huggins, I feel, loyal guy, proven to be loyal. I think he really uh, like thinks of that as a quality of his, okay? But if, there's, if you've told 13 guys, I want you to be on the team, and then you tell a 14th guy he wants to be on the team, then one of those other 13, uh, somebody's got to, like, it's somebody's got to leave. It's a musical chair situation. Now we got 14 guys circling 13 chairs. All right. And I feel like Trey Mitchell is going to have a seat and you can go down the list of guys that are on the roster and make your own determination of who's got a chair and who doesn't. But musical, like I don't equate musical chairs with loyalty. (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean it's not like in the same ballpark like you could be loyal to the game of musical chairs but also if you're playing musical chairs there's a chance you don't have a seat a loyal seat right so you know people in the know and i'm looking at you mike kazaza is it might be one of the freshmen who's going to end up without a chair. And that means one of the, so that's one of the Josiahs, or it could be uh, uh, the Juco guy, Pat Summerlin, Summerton, I'm butchering his name, but one of those guys, but really it could be anybody. So think uh, the game Clue, think uh, like a murder mystery dinner. I've never, have you been to a murder mystery dinner? 
<laughs> Let me get this straight. You go to eat, and people pretend that a murder has happened while you're having dinner, and then you figure out who did it? In this murder mystery dinner, I know who the murderer is. <laughs> and Trey Mitchell is not a murderer, but in this game, in the comparison, I know who's making somebody uh, deceased from this roster. Okay. So that's the deal. And so thus, don't do a loyalty post. Interact with the show. That just means interact with me on social media, on Twitter at I'm Josh Witt, on Instagram at Unreasonable Doubt WV, on the Facebook at Unreasonable Doubt WV, or just type it in the search bar. Interact. On top of the loyalty thing, in in Mike's reporting and the internet and people in the know, West Virginia may still not be done. So the math is 13 scholarships available, 14 guys in the mix, with the possibility of adding another guy, which means subtracting another guy, which means why are we doing loyalty social media posts? It's just such a, it's such a weird thing. And I know I'm overanalyzing it. It's what I do. I overthink things, but I just don't like that. Now the, the, the second guy, there's strong speculation. And this is, I, maybe I'll ask Mike specifically when I have him on or try to have him on in the off season, the, there's a hesitation to say this guy's name but they're laying all the hints down, okay? And so I will follow suit. I'm not gonna say this guy's name that could possibly come to WVU. I'm just going based on the reporting and the information that's out on the internet, who this guy could be. One clue is this guy was at Texas last season before he entered the transfer portal. Another hint, this guy's name, and I'm not gonna tell you his name, okay? This is speculation. But the guy's name that's being not said, but hinted at, his name rhymes with Portney Flamey. And that's a fictitious name or just words, but the guy I'm talking about, his name rhymes with uh, Fortney Gramey, okay? But again, I'm not going to say his name. So again, another guy possibly in the mix. You've got current guys on the roster like you should probably come to WVU on the internet. And so I believe that that's real. So like, what are we doing? Where's the loyalty? <laughs> All I'm saying is, when you, when you, and I shouldn't say all I'm saying is, I'm just going to keep saying it. I don't like a loyalty social media post. And I'm not saying these guys have to be loyal. That's not, that's not 
you don't look at the current NCAA setup and think loyalty. All right. And so WVU should not be promoting loyalty while filling the roster with guys who wouldn't make a loyalty social media post from their previous school. You know what I mean? And I'm not judging. I'm just saying that's not a great look. And guess what I haven't seen? It's not that I'm looking at other schools, men's basketball, Twitter feeds, but I haven't run across a a loyalty picture from another school touting how guys have been on the roster for one season. You know why? Because I don't think anybody else has done it. You know why? Because obviously. Don't do it. But uh, so Trey Mitchell's going to come to Morgantown, and he's really good at basketball. And he may or may not play this season. We'll have time to find out. That's not going to be an overnight decision. So he may help the 22-23 team. He may help the 23-24 team. Unless he decides he doesn't want, like that's a lot of time. If he doesn't play this season. So he's a scorer, you know, in the idea of what is WVU lacking. They're lacking a true scorer. And this guy at UMass, at cursed UMass, he was a true scorer. And he showed signs of that at Texas. So, you know, I like the potential. This guy's got bona fides. He also has some weird stuff. Third school in four seasons. Um, you know, but one of my favorite players, Teddy Allen, he's on his whatever. We went through that. So we'll see how it plays out. Uh, all that being said, and I'm not trying to curse anybody on this podcast, but um, and so I'm just not doing that. But welcome, Trey. Welcome, Trey, to the roster, and and we'll find out who the so long. We wish you well in your future endeavors before you even started your endeavors at WVU. We'll, we'll get to that when we get to that. Or somebody who has played for WVU leaves. Who, who's to say? Right? Who's to say? That's it for this episode of Unreasonable Down. Listen on all the platforms, or just pick one. Until next time, I'm Josh Witt. This has been Unreasonable Doubt. WVU for the 2022-2023 season. They had 16 wins and they had 17 losses.